What is up, my friend? And welcome to The Dan Go Show. I'm your host, Dan Go, coach to high-performing entrepreneurs and professionals. And what we do at The Dan Go Show is tease out the best practices of the highest-performing entrepreneurs in the world while sharing cutting-edge, evidence-based information to help you become healthier and wealthier. So if that's what you're into, you're in the right place. Click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so every time one of my episodes goes live, you'll be the first to know. Hey, what's up? And welcome. In this video, what we are going to do is I'm going to give you the blueprint for losing 20 or more pounds in 2023. And one thing I want to mention is that this is not a quick fix. This is not a fast solution. So if you're looking for something that is to lose like 30 pounds in six weeks and to lose weight as fast as humanly possible, you want to stop this video. You want to go to the video that shows you detoxes and cleanses instead, because this is not it. What this is, is a long-term plan towards sustainable weight loss. So one of the things that you have to understand about weight loss is the fact that it's both mental and physical. So it's mental in the sense where studies are actually showing that uh, weight regain and obesity is caused by childhood trauma. And a lot of times when we get into like the emotional eating side of things, it really does have to do with the behaviors that we've learned as children and the identities that we've adopted as a result. So that's like one side of the mental. In terms of the physical, not a lot of people are privy to the hormones that are at play when you start to lose weight. Uh, hormones such as ghrelin and leptin. So when you start to lose a bunch of weight, what happens with ghrelin is that it starts to increase and then leptin starts to decrease. So ghrelin is your hunger hormone. It actually determines how hungry you are on a case-by-case basis, depending on how much it has or how much you have inside of your body. So what happens as a result is, is that as you lose weight, your ghrelin levels increase, and then the more weight that you lose, the more it increases, and then it just props its ugly, ugly head where it just starts making you hungry at times you don't necessarily want to be hungry at. So a question that I have for you right now is, have you ever lost a bunch of weight before and then found yourself to be hungry at uh, times that you weren't necessarily hungry at, uh, at before? A lot of times this is due to the physical process of ghrelin. Now you have leptin and leptin is your appetite hormone. And basically it's a signal that goes from your brain to your body saying that, hey, what's up? I'm full. Don't need to eat anymore. So what happens as a result is, is that as you lose more weight, you start to deplete more leptin or you start to have less of it. And then what may occur or what you may have experienced is that when you eat a meal, you don't necessarily feel full from that meal. You end up becoming hungrier or you end up becoming less satisfied. And that is a part of the hormones that are at play when you start to lose weight. So again, I say that what I'm about to share with you is not a quick solution. It is a long-term path. And if you are dedicated towards the long-term and you have a long view, I promise you that you are going to see the results that you need to see because people can overestimate what they can do in about six weeks, but they really underestimate the amount of progress they can make in one year. So if you are sick and tired of going through the yo-yo weight gain of uh, losing weight, gaining it back, if you're tired of the, the quick methods, the fast quick fixes, and you want something that actually allows you to be sustainable, that allows you to get to a confident body, that allows you to be able to take off your shirt at the pool with utmost confidence and know that 
deep down inside that you can actually have a system that allows you to repeat itself and keep the results and be in that confident body and increase energy, then if that is you, then watch the video. So if you're ready, let's go. So number one is going to be, you want to be losing about 10% of your body weight at a time. And the reason I say this is because your body has your defense mechanisms. I just talked about it earlier, which is ghrelin and leptin. And when you lose about 10% of your body weight at a time, what's happening is, is that you're allowing yourself to mitigate those hormones from coming into play. And when I say this, I'll use an example. So let's just say you have 200 pounds. You're at 200 pounds right now. So you would lose about 10% of your body weight, which is going to be 20 pounds. After you lose 10 or sorry, 10% of your body weight, what's going to happen is, is that you are going to be going at a level of maintenance afterwards and setting a new baseline for where your body weighs. So let's just say you lose 20 pounds. Then you go back to maintenance in terms of your calories. And when you go back to maintenance, you are basically going within a five pound variance of where your lowest weight was. So if your lowest weight was like 180 pounds, I would expect you to go between 180 to 185. You do this for about 50% to about 100% of the time you dieted. And then this is the long path to setting a new baseline for how much you weigh and also making sure that your hormones don't come back to smack you in the face. Now, in terms of what you should be eating in those calories, I recommend eating a diet of single ingredient nutrient-dense foods. And when I say this to people, they're like, what, what the heck is a single ingredient nutrient-dense foods? Well, let me give you an example. So chicken only has one ingredient. It's chicken. Salmon only has one ingredient. It's salmon. Broccoli only has one ingredient. It's broccoli. So that is a form of a single ingredient food. It only has one food. If we're going to call it something else, it could be a whole food. Now, nutrient-dense means that it has a lot of micronutrients in it. So in terms of like micronutrient intake, there are certain foods out there that are just robust in terms of the amount of micronutrients it has. So things like broccoli, things like uh, salmon, things like liver. Uh, you may not want to eat liver because it's kind of disgusting for some people, <laughs> but we want to eat foods that give us the best bang for buck when it comes to micronutrients. I'm going to do an entire YouTube video on what these foods actually are and what types of foods they actually eat. But you want single ingredient nutrient dense foods. Now, what you also want to do is you want to have your protein to be set at around 0.8 to about one gram per pound of body weight. So what this means is if you're 200 pounds, let's use this example again, you want to be eating about 80% of uh, 200 pounds. So let's go with like one gram of one gram of uh, protein per pound of body weight. So it would be 200 grams of protein. You want to be aiming for about, let's just say 200 grams of protein, because what I found in my own practice is that this allows us to be able to not only lose fat while we're in a caloric deficit, but for people who are just getting back into the swing of uh, getting their bodies in shape or even just beginning, it allows them to be able to gain lean mass while they are losing weight, which is to me the holy grail of uh, body transformation when you're dropping body fat and gaining lean mass. That is the best combination that you can ever ask for. Now, I did talk about the single ingredients, nutrient-dense foods. What you want to do is you want to eat a lot of veggies with your meals. Uh, and 
That's not going to be necessarily with every meal, but you just want to volumize your meal with vegetables because it gives you the best bang for buck in terms of like the amount of calories you're taking in and also the amount of volume it brings into your food. This is one of the low key ways that people are able to eat more and lose fat. So what that means is, is that they're taking in more volume in terms of the amount of fiber, the amount of, you could say just like volume, and they are taking in less calories because vegetables don't really come with that many calories, like 100 calories of broccoli. It's really hard to hit 100 calories of broccoli, of raw broccoli, that is. And what we want to do is we want to volumize our meals to make sure that we are taking in as much food as we can while limiting the amount of calories that are coming in as a result. Now, we just talked about what to eat. We talked about uh, you know the types of foods to eat. Now, let's talk a little bit about how to eat. This is a very underrated uh, habit in terms of like what people do and when they're approaching their diet. So a lot of times, and a lot of people that I've been working with, they eat their food super fast. So what we wanna do is we wanna eat our food slowly and mindfully, and we want to be aiming for about 80% fullness. So what does this mean? It means that the biggest example I can give you is to be able to drink your food. And what that means is, is that you chew it so many times that it turns into liquid. Now, in terms of the 80% fullness, a lot of times people want to eat until they're stuffed, until they have to like open up a, a notch in their freaking belt. What we want to do is we want to eat about till about we're about eight out of 10 in terms of fullness. How do we do this? Well, as we're eating, we keep on checking in with ourselves to see exactly how full we are. The other thing is, is to make sure that you are not distracting yourself by going on a phone and eating while you're on a phone, because this distracts you from the actual cues that you have in your mind that tell you when you are being full from a meal. So eat slowly and eat to 80%. These are two of one of the most underrated eating habits that you can ever have inside of your diet plan. Now, when it comes to your diet, we wanna make sure that we are not aiming for an all or nothing diet. I like to think of healthy eating as a ratio rather than it is an outcome. And a lot of times when people try to go 100% and when people try to go all or nothing with their diet and they make one mistake by having a weak moment and eating that Cheeto, and what happens as a result is because they weren't perfect, they end up eating the whole bag of Cheetos afterwards. Has that ever happened to you? It happened to me, I know that. So what we want to do is we want to look at healthy eating as a ratio. And I'll use an example from one of my clients. So one of my clients, his name is Chris. Uh, he goes out to have pizza with his kids every single weekend. It's just a ritual that he has. So what we did together is we made sure that we put the pizza inside of his plan. And that doesn't mean that, uh, we're like trying to fit his calories so he can eat that pizza. <laughs> what we did was we say, okay, so well, just eat pizza, you know, once a week, keep it to like one to two slices and you should be good to go. So think about like the diet itself as a ratio. You're either doing like 80 to 90 to about 20 to 10%. So what that means is that 80 to 90% of your foods are coming from whole single ingredient nutrient dense sources and about 10 to 20% are coming from, say, processed sources, sources that aren't necessarily quote-unquote healthy. And one of the most important parts to your diet is going to be drinking water. Drinking water, I'm gonna take a swig right now. My bottle is about, I think it is about 1.75 liters. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, maybe a little bit less, but 
what we want to do is we want to drink water when we wake up. I have about one liter of water uh, as, uh, as one of the first things that I drink upon waking. I like to do that before my coffee uh, because, uh, because Andrew Huberman actually taught me this. Uh, he taught me that you know when you're waking up, basically your body is clearing out adenosine, which causes sleepiness, which actually causes you to sleep. You want that process to happen naturally before drinking coffee. So one of the best things to do in lieu of that is actually to drink uh, water. I drink about one liter of water. I don't try to chug it down. I actually just sip it and I eat it while I'm maybe eating like my breakfast or something. And while I'm doing my work or while I'm kind of getting into the flow of work. And I just like have a liter of water throughout the entire morning. And then that is one of the first things that goes into my body and it helps me also delay my coffee. So with water, you want to drink it in between your work sessions. You want to replace your snacking with water. You want to be able to drink water even before your meals because that's going to enhance the fullness of that meal. I find that clean drinking water, filtered drinking water is one of the, again, most underrated habits to incorporate when you're dieting down for weight loss. Now, again, sticking with the nutrition theme, any foods that cause you to binge or that trigger you to overeat, get them out of the house, remove them from your environment. You don't want them to be around you. And the reason is, is because it's like putting a glass of whiskey in front of an alcoholic. I mean, like if you do that enough times and that, that that's in their environment, what's going to happen is, is that he's going to be drinking the glass of whiskey. It's just a foregone conclusion because anything that you see over and over and over just enables you to pick at. And actually this reminds me of something that one of my friends does. So he has a proclivity for snacking. And one of the things that he does is he leaves raw vegetables out on his table. He leaves fruits out. He has gotten rid of uh, all the junk foods and whatnot. And then when he feels like he has to snack, he only has like raw vegetables to snack on, like raw carrots or like celery. And if he needs a snack, he ends up eating those things. And what, that's actually a really good test for yourself as well. It's like, are you really hungry or are you bored? If you're really hungry, then you would eat a raw carrot. You would eat a raw celery. If you were really hungry, if you're bored, you're probably looking and be like, ah, fuck, I don't want that. <laughs> so that's a really good test to have. And again, if you have any foods that trigger you, literally get them out of your environment. You don't want to have that level of attraction there. Now, this is the second last part on food. And this is a part that's helped me a lot, which is uh, two things, actually. One of them is eating your meals on a schedule. Uh, for me, I personally think fasting is overrated, especially in the morning. I don't think fasting is overrated, but I think fasting in the morning is overrated. So what I do is I tend to have breakfast within one to three hours upon waking. My breakfast is super low carb, so I can keep my mental clarity right at uh, where I need it to be. And usually my breakfast is either one of two things. It's either a protein shake with a greens powder. I use Athletic Greens, free promo for you guys. You guys should be like sponsoring me or something like that. Whoever's in Athletic Greens, please like hook, hit me up, okay? Like I wanna, let's talk. Um, but yeah, so I either do that or I do about four to five eggs with like egg whites. I keep a high protein, almost like zero carb. And the reason I do that again is because I find that carbs just induce a level of just a little sleepiness. So I like to keep my carb intake towards the end of the night. So that's my first meal. My second meal is around 12 o'clock to about one o'clock, depending on how busy I am. 
And that is going to be, if I didn't drink a shake, then I'm going to be eating the eggs or I'm going to be drinking the shake. If I eat the eggs, then I'm going to be drinking the shake. Either one of these are going to be interchangeable. And at the end of the night, I'm going to be having protein. I'm going to be having a big piece of meat, 350 to 400 uh, plus grams of salmon or steak. I'm going to be having veggies with that. And I'm also going to be having some form of carbs in terms of like a fruit or potato. Failed to mention this, but if I'm drinking a shake, then I might eat like a little bit, a little bit of fruit with that as well. And the reason why I increase my carb intake at night is because it helps me become sleepier by the time I am going to bed. And my final meal is about three to five hours before I go to sleep. So I have my final meal around, I would say like 5.30, 6 p.m. I go to sleep by 10. And that allows me to one, increase the quality of my sleep. It helps me improve digestion. It gets rid of any kind of like nighttime eating that I may, I may be attracted to. And uh, it just it's just like a meal schedule for myself. And I love to eat similar meals at similar times. And this keeps things super simple for me. So if you find that uh, a lot of times you're making a hundred decisions during the day and you're, you're making decisions based on like what you're wearing you're making decisions based on what you're doing in your business or what you're doing at work, then you want to simplify as much as possible the decisions that you're making with your nutrition and health and fitness. So this is the reason why I say similar times, similar meals, and this has helped me and it's also helped uh, many people before me. And last one for nutrition is going to be keeping a food journal. And the food journal, everyone talks about like doing my fitness pal and doing all this kind of stuff. Like you don't necessarily like need to do that. I would recommend doing it for at least like seven to 10 days to see exactly like the volume of food that's actually going into your body. So when you keep a food journal, you're tracking what you're eating, you're tracking when you're eating, and you're also tracking why you're eating. So a low key part to a food journal is tracking and noting down the reasons why you ate. This is especially true if you deal with stress eating or emotional eating. One of the things that you have to do when you deal with emotional eating is find out where the root is and introspect and be aware of when it happens. So like I said before in the beginning of the video, a lot of times with emotional eating, it does come from childhood trauma. It comes from the things that you have experienced as a kid. And I'll throw this out there right now, a story of mine, which is a sense that when I was a kid, I got bullied a lot. And the way I dealt with bullying was going to my fridge and opening up the fridge at like at nighttime when everyone was asleep and eating anything I could inside the fridge in order to deal with my stress, in order to deal with my emotions. This is why I was really fat back then. So that is an example of introspecting enough to find out where exactly did this behavior come from. And I'll use another example as well. So I've been working with a client who's been having a really hard time putting weight on. So something that he experienced as a child was his grandma used to be a savage when it came to people eating and people getting fat. So they had a rule inside of their uh, house, which was after a meal is done, you can't open the fridge. And anytime he would try to open it, he would get beaten. So this actually caused him to one, be skinny, not put on a lot of weight, but also as he ages, like he needs to actually put on weight right now. He needs to use it to build muscle in, or, in order to get thick, so to speak. And that is one of the things that he realizes that his, his uh, childhood behavior or the way in which he was treated as a child 
led to his eating behavior. So one thing that I want to get across to you is that if you deal with something in terms of uncontrollable eating, yes, it could be physical, it could be hungry, maybe not. It probably is something emotional and it probably is due to a way that you dealt with your emotions back then. So find out where it is, keep a journal, find out the root, and then what you're going to do is when you find the root, you're going to start healing it. Like I talked about in my video about uh, the reasons why I dropped alcohol, it's like food can be used as a crutch as well. So make sure that you are healing whatever needs to be healed in order to get over that part. And I swear to God, if you actually do that, and if a lot of people actually heal the part that has been causing them to emotionally eat, that is like probably one of the easiest ways, or not the easiest ways, but one of the most effective ways to lose weight and keep it off. So on the workout side, uh, I'm going to keep things simple. What you want to do is you want to have at least three strength training sessions a week. Within these strength training sessions, you want to have at least five to six exercises that you are doing using something that we call progressive overload. And progressive overload means that you are slightly increasing the volume or you're slightly increasing the intensity of the workout every single time that you step in in order to force your muscles to grow or at least to maintain them while you lose weight. This is part of the reason why we have clients gaining muscle while they are losing weight is because we utilize progressive overload and especially for beginners or people just getting back into it, working out in this particular way, they end up uh, seeing a lot of gains because you can see a lot of gains, especially at the beginning. And in terms of the exercises to do, I like to stick with the fundamentals, especially at the beginning. So things like the squat, the bench, the deadlift, uh, the uh, overhead press, back row, overhead pull, uh, things of that nature. I would even throw the hip thrust in there as well. Shout out to Brett Contreras. I would throw that in there and then I would just line up my exercises around those fundamental uh, exercises that I just listed out. And if you find that you don't necessarily have the time to exercise or that you're busy, here's a couple of things that you can do. Number one is I would schedule your workouts in red and put in at least like one and a half hours for yourself to be hitting the gym, put that in your schedule and make sure that no one goes in on it and that is your me time. The second thing I would do is, is that a lot of times people think that you need to spend freaking hours inside the gym and that is not true. Especially for people, if you're not trying to be a bodybuilder, if you're not trying to be a competitive power lifter, you can literally get a great workout done in 30 minutes. And what that means is, is that you may have to make some concessions. So again, um, there, there was this episode that uh, I watched with a strength coach or actually performance coach, his name is Andy Galpin. And he said that you can have the same benefits as long as you're not trying to break world records in the powerlifting competitions or whatever, but you can have the same benefits from using what we call supersets inside of your workout to cut the time in terms of the amount of rest that you would usually take when you're waiting for the next set to happen. So what supersets are is basically just doing one exercise after another, and then you're pairing two non-competing exercises together. So something like you're going to be pairing up a squat or a bench press and a bench press together, or you're going to be pairing up a lunge with an overhead press together. And when you do these two things, when you actually do supersets, one, it's actually going to increase the intensity just a little bit in terms of the exercises that you're doing. It's going to have a slight cardiovascular benefit to it. You're not necessarily going to see any uh, 
reductions in terms of like your strength gains, in terms of like your muscle gains. And what it does is, is basically condensing an hour long workout into a 30 minute long workout. And that's one of like the best ways in order to cut the amount of time that you have to work out. And it also, again, has this cardiovascular benefit. So it also gives you a little bit of energy after you are done doing it. So in terms of like your workouts, three workouts a week, uh, give yourself at least 30 minutes in terms of doing that workout, aim for progressive overload, aim to get stronger, aim to do more volume. And then if you want to cut the time, uh, then you would utilize supersets inside of your workouts. Now, a couple of things about these workouts as well is you want to make sure that you are not trying to ego lift inside the gym. Okay. You want to make sure that you're doing everything with good form within your range of motion. And I always say this to my clients is like, if you're trying to compare yourself to the ego lifters that are at most big box gyms, you're not going to get the results that you want. And you're probably going to injure yourself in the process. So here's what I would do in that sense. I would one, just forget about what everyone else is doing and focus on what you're doing. Number two, I would focus on utilizing full range of motion while being able to mentally activate the muscles that you are using within the exercise this is what we call the mind to muscle connection. The other thing that I would do is when you're in an exercise, you would stop about one to two reps before failing on an exercise. And the reason why I would do this is because right now I'm like 43 years old. This may be different for people who are around 20 to 30. And I've actually heard this from Mike Isratel, uh, which is, which actually stuck with me, which is from the ages of about 15 to about like 35, it's about results first and injury prevention second. From the ages of, let's just say 40 and above, it's about injury prevention first and results second. So what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we, especially if you're my age, if you're like 43, or if you're just even getting back into the gym, this is a great way to keep your form amazing and also to avoid injury. And if you need to go to failure, maybe do that about like five to 10% of the time. But again, leave about one to two reps in the tank. This allows you to do the reps as great as you can. It allows you to keep warm and it also keeps you away from or from injury. So let's talk about sleep. Now, sleep is one of the best ways in order to increase energy. And the way I look at sleep is it's the lead domino and it makes all things easier. So here's what I mean. When you think about sleep, you're thinking about quantity and quality. You're thinking about how much sleep am I getting? And you're also thinking about the quality of the sleep that you're getting. I'm not gonna get too deep into sleep. I'm gonna do an entire video around this. But again, we wanna focus on those two things. And we also wanna focus on getting to sleep at the same times every single morning. So when it comes to sleep, what happens as a result is when you get a good night's sleep, you wake up in the morning, you have energy and your energy affects your mood. It actually makes you into or makes you in a better mood and it also affects your appetite when you're lower energy you tend to grab for things for little snacks and knickknacks a little bit more and you you actually when you get a good night's sleep it actually regulates your appetite regulates your mood it increases energy so that's why i call it the lead domino now here's a couple of things that you could do uh, within your sleep to increase the quality so i always look at sleep as like uh, a sequence of environment and routine. So in terms of your environment, uh, the recommended temperature is to keep your room at around 64 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you wanna black out your room, obviously, 
And you also, if you're sleeping with a partner like I am, you want to have separate blankets. And the reason I say this is because number one, uh, there's always one person in that relationship that's like hogging the blankets, right? And number two, you, there's always one person that runs hot and runs cold in the relationship. So having separate blankets, it allows you to sleep in the same bed and allows you to get the same amount of sleep without someone hogging it or someone trying to use too many blankets or not enough. And also I've heard from my audience, from people that I've suggested this to, they're like, Dan, what, what happens if I want that like late night nookie or whatever it is? And I'm just like, okay, well, you lift up their blanket, you give them the signal, whatever it is, maybe you like scratch your back or you tickle them and then you get it on. It's not rocket science, guys. So when it comes to sleep, environment is the invisible hand that's gonna shape the quality of sleep. When it gets to the routine, what we wanna do is, number one, we want to dim the lights when the sun is going down. Number two, we wanna get morning sunlight exposure first thing. So when we wake up, we want to, if, if you can't take a walk, at least get it through your window, but Best case scenario, you're walking outside, even if it's snowy and cloudy like it is today in Toronto, what you could do is you can still get outside and the photons will still affect your circadian rhythm. So you wanna get morning sun exposure first thing in the morning. Uh, the other thing is, is also when you are going to sleep, turn down any forms of cognitive stimulation, get away from email. Don't go on social media, especially if it triggers you and read something, maybe it's like a fiction book. Maybe my, my friend Carnivore Aurelius, he likes to read ancient texts and all this kind of stuff, whatever that means. So do something that allows you to turn your brain off. And whenever we think about sleep, it is a, is a, it is a reduction in terms of the amount of thinking that you're bringing into your brain. So you want to get away from all cognitive stimulation. You also want to make sure that you're stopping any forms of eating at least three to five hours before you go to sleep. I like to say there's this thing that I call the three to one method, which is no food three to five or three hours before you go to sleep, no liquids two hours before you go to sleep and no screens about one hour before you go to sleep. And the reason I do this is because uh, foods allow you to, or no foods allow you to increase the amount of quality that you have in terms of your sleep. It also improves digestion. Uh, the no liquids, if you are a person who wakes up in the middle of the night and goes pee, this helps you avoid doing that. And if you don't, then you don't have to follow it. Cool. All right. So the last one is no screens, because when you look at a screen, I'm looking for where my screen is right now. Don't have a screen in front of me, except for this one. So when you're looking at a screen, what happens is, is that it's like sending the blue light from the screen is sending a signal to your brain that you should still be awake. So that's why you should get away from the screens. And if you are uh, open to it, I would actually get a pair of blue light block or blue light blocking glasses as well. Uh, I use a pair or a, uh, a brand that's called Swannies. It's owned by my friend, full disclosure. And, uh, and those I find work for me. Now, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. Just get away from screens at the end of the night. All right. So, uh, and that's pretty much it when it comes to focusing on and enhancing the quality of sleep. It's the lead domino it's going to make all things better now if you really want to lose 20 or more pounds off of your body i would highly recommend to give up if not severely limit alcohol alcohol is just empty calories uh, you're basically taking in just calories that won't 
make a difference either way. It also increases appetite. It also decreases your quality of sleep. After doing about 100 days plus of not drinking alcohol, I realized how much of a toxin it is to your body. So this is kind of like a side note. If you want to drop the weight, then you want to give up alcohol or severely limit it. Uh, if you are watching this and you're a hardcore alcoholic, then giving it up might be really dangerous. So proceed with caution. Um, I'm not an expert on that. So just make sure that uh, if you are a hardcore alcoholic, just make sure because, uh, yeah, that could be a pretty dangerous thing. But anyways, if you're a normal person, if you're an average person, where alcohol is not necessarily a problem for you, give it up or severely limit it. It's just going to make the process easier. And lastly, we want to train our mind as much as we train our bodies. Now, there are three parts to your mind that matter. One is the conscious brain. It's the brain that's thinking right now. It's the brain that's thinking about what I'm saying at this very moment. It's disagreeing or agreeing with me. It's like saying, what an asshole. Or, no, I actually agree with that. That's the conscious brain. And the conscious brain is always sending signals to the subconscious brain. And the subconscious brain is basically where 80% of your thoughts and beliefs come from. And I liken it to this. So the very first time that you started to learn how to drive a car, you were very conscious, you were very aware, you're conscious of every single thing that was happening around you. And then what happens right now, especially if you live in a town where you know where everything is, you can literally turn your brain off and allow your subconscious to drive you to Whole Foods or whatever it is without even thinking about it. So we want to use the conscious to train the subconscious brain. And the last part to it is going to be your self-image. You are always going to live up to your self-image. And I liken it to a thermostat. So in terms of the thermostat, when it gets hot, the house is going to cool down to bring you back to uh, the temperature that you set it at. When it gets cold, the house is going to heat up to bring you to the temperature that you set it at. So your self-image is going to make you act like yourself. And what we want to do is we want to use all three areas of this brain to be able to train ourselves and our identities to become the people that are able to not only lose the weight, but we become the goal itself. We become the healthy person. We become the person who needs to work out. We become the person who needs to eat healthy in order to just feel like himself or herself or whatever it is. We need to change our identities as we do this. So a great book that I've been reading is this book called With Winning in Mind. It goes through this whole process, what we call the mental management system. And it's a process of making sure that we're using the conscious brain to train our subconscious and our self-image. It uses the process of visualization, of seeing the actions that we're taking or that we need to take in order to get to the goal and the outcome that we're after. And then the more that we do this process, the more that we're massaging this new identity into our brains. And I'm not saying that you're gonna read this book and you're gonna suddenly change into a new person, but I will say that the process of visualization and the process of changing my vocabulary in terms of what I want to direct myself to and who I want to become, that has had a massive impact, not only on my body, but also my business, my relationships, and the type of person that I am in general. So you want to train the body as much, or you want to train the brain as much as you train the body. And this is one of the best ways to do it. All right, so I'm talking a lot. I'm gonna 
bring the ship in right now. And basically the last thing is, is I want you to have a long-term mindset when it comes to your body. Rome was not built in a day, nor was it destroyed in one day as well. It probably took you multiple years in order to have this amount of weight be on your body. Do not try to be like every average person out there who's trying to lose it within a six-week time frame. Because the faster you lose it, the faster you're going to gain it back. What if, I'm just throwing it out there, what if you gave yourself an entire year to lose the weight and also keep it off. Wouldn't that take the pressure off of you? Wouldn't it give you a little bit more of a long-term mindset towards what you were doing? So stop chasing the fast ways. Stop chasing the fast methods. Focus on the fundamentals. Focus on the foundations and build those up. And then what you're going to find is when you get the foundations right, then anything that you add to the house is just going to be window dressing because the foundation has been taken care of. And I'll use this uh, towards a client. Actually, I'll use my client as an example. So basically, the very first year that we worked with each other, it was pretty much just based on foundation. So he's a, uh, a very successful author. And during that time that he was creating books, he had just put his health by the wayside. Uh, and, and let's just say that he wasn't treating it the way that he should have. So in the very first year, we focused on building a foundation for him. We focused on making sure that we had a solid ground to stand on. And then now, here we are, I think we're on year three or year four of working with each other. We're actually into optimization now. Um, I don't want to make it seem like that's how long you have to take. But, I mean, for a lot of people, especially if you spent like a decade not necessarily being in shape, I mean, that's... I'm not going to say it's going to take that long to you for you to like lose weight. Basically, you can do that within six months and then keep it off for another year or whatnot, right? But what I am saying is that it's just like a step ladder. So the first part was foundation. The second part was getting more results and getting himself down to a prevent to a body that has that is preventing himself from getting diseases. Now we've done all that. Now we're into optimization. Now we're into like testing VO2 maxes. Now we're into uh, just trying to gain as much muscle inside the gym. Like we're into like really cool stuff like blood work and all that kind of stuff. So what we want to do is we want to have a long-term mindset when it comes to our health and bodies. If you have a long-term mindset, if you're willing to play the long game, then you are going to get uh, rewarded in the end. And the last part is basically a coach makes this much easier and more effective for you, a qualified coach that is. So when people are trying to do lawyer stuff or things that have to do with the law, they go to a lawyer. When people have a problem with their car, they go to a mechanic. When people try to fix their bodies, they, they do it themselves. And they try, to, they try to figure out how to change their oil by going on Google and whatnot. And if you do that, cool, like awesome. Personally, for me, I do best with coaching. I get coaches for my body. I get coaches for my business. I get coaches for my relationships. Those are the things that matter to me. So I would say this all is made easier by getting a coach. And I'm not saying that you have to like coach with me or whatever it is. What I am saying is that invest in yourself and get yourself a coach who is going to be invested in your results. And that comes from, again, just making sure that you're making the investment in yourself. So the more you invest in yourself, the more you're going to get back and get a coach and get a qualified coach who's going to take you to the promised land who you trust. And, uh, and that is going to be the best and most effective path towards 
losing the weight and keeping it off for the rest of your life. I've been talking for a very long time, but that's it. So right now you have pretty much a roadmap. You have a blueprint right now. Obviously the nuances, there are going to be nuances to it. They're going to be very uh, specific to your needs, but pretty much you have a blueprint that's helped thousands of people before you. If you implement this blueprint, and one thing I would say is implement this blueprint, uh, make sure that you take action on it immediately because the people who are most successful are the people who actually take action immediately and they test it out and they make adjustments based on what they are doing. It's not enough. They don't believe in reading theory and they're automatically better. No, they take action and they apply it immediately. So if that's you, then apply what you have learned immediately and take your time with it. Have the long view and remember this, okay? It is not enough to set a goal. You must become the goal. So that means along with all these tactics, you must change your identity and you must evolve as a person. So that's what we're after, okay? That's the whole reason why I'm making these videos. It's to help yourself and to even help me evolve into a better person. And I do believe that the whole crux of life, the whole purpose of Life, at least to me, a big part of it is growth and evolution. And if you're still watching this at this time right now, then I'm pretty sure that that's one of your values as well. So this is the pathway to long-term transformation. The power is in your hands right now. It's time to take action. And if you've made it this far, then please like and subscribe to this video. Uh, leave a comment. Let me know exactly uh, what you agreed with, uh, what you're going to be doing. Uh, even if you disagree, put it in the comment section. That's totally cool. I mean, that's that's how we get discourse. That's how we grow as people. But yeah, if you have uh, any kind of like a uh, type of feedback or anything, leave it in the comment section. And yes, if you want to become a better human being and you want to join on this path of evolution with me, then subscribe and I will see you on the next video. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you again for listening to The Dan Go Show. We have some amazing episodes coming your way, so make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're already subscribed and today's episode hit home for you, please share this episode with some that you know who'd benefit from listening. Take care and see you every week on your favorite podcasting app.